Ever since I worked in a planetarium, I have been fascinated by comets. Inside the dome, you could immerse yourself in a 3D model of the universe. And one of my favourite things would be to pick a comet and follow its lopsided orbit around the solar system. Even with time sped up, it would seem to crawl along when it was far from the sun, then gradually pick up speed until it looped around the sun so quickly you'd miss it if you blinked. The best part, though, was to zoom in as the comet neared the sun and watch the tail form as the sun's heat warmed up the frozen surface. A comet's gravity is so tiny that when the ice heats up, the particles turn straight into gas and fly off into the void of space. Once there, they reflect the sun's light, making a bright coma that stretches out for thousands of miles, and the tails of ions and dust can stretch even further more than three times the distance from the sun to the earth. Not bad for something that's only a few tens of miles across. So today's tale is a small chapter in the story of comets. Although humans have known about comets for millennia, we haven't always known when to expect them. Before the age of telescopes, a comet's unexpected arrival in the sky was taken by many cultures to be a sign of impending doom. It's not that they weren't diligent in watching the sky, but they couldn't possibly have had all the facts. Unfortunately for those ancient stargazers, the brightest comets which can be seen without a telescope also take the longest to make their return. So even the keenest observer wouldn't have seen the same comet more than twice in a lifetime. Like so many stories in science, the path to uncovering the secrets of comets was not direct. The key to solving their mysterious appearances came from a somewhat different motive. Many astronomers throughout history have also had a role as astrologers, attempting to interpret the heavens through horoscopes. An important part of this was predicting where a planet would be in the future. But up until the 1600s, the calculated positions of planets didn't line up very well with reality. They could be up to five degrees out in the sky, which doesn't sound like much, but when you consider that the moon takes up only half a degree, that's ten times the apparent diameter of the moon. To remedy these errors in calculation took several major breakthroughs in astronomy. First of all, the idea that instead of the Earth standing at the centre of the universe, the Earth and planets all orbit around the sun. Next came the realisation that these orbits were not perfectly circular, they're elliptical, and the speed of a planet varies along the way. Then, in 1687, the work of Isaac Newton showed that planets weren't just laws unto themselves, or slaves of the sun. Planets also affect each other, pulling on one another as they move through the solar system, as well as anything else that happens to pass by. And so we come around to comets. It just so happens that Isaac Newton's mentor was an astronomer called Edmund Halley, a figure now irrevocably linked to the comet that bears his name. But what makes it Halley's Comet? Most comets these days are named after the astronomer who first spotted them, but not so with Halley. In fact, he did quite the opposite. While he was using Newton's new theory to calculate the orbits of several comets, he realised that three of these orbits were almost identical. 
What's more, the comets had all been spotted around 75 years apart. He tentatively wondered if they might be one and the same. In 1705, he had gained confidence and published his findings with a bold prediction that the comet of 1682 would appear again at the end of 1758. I've always thought there was a kind of beauty in this. Previously, comets had been thought of as portents for telling dire news. And then Halley turned this on its head, foretelling the return of a comet. The prophecy wasn't exactly clean cut, though. There was a problem. Halley couldn't say exactly when the comet would next appear. The new field of calculations using Newton's methods were far from simple. As well as the gravity of the Sun, which the comet orbits around, the gravitational pull of the large planets Saturn and Jupiter also had to be taken into account. But Halley never bothered to calculate how these planets would affect the motion of his comet, instead commenting that such things could be taken care of by posterity when the comet actually appeared. Perhaps he had less incentive from knowing that he was unlikely to see the event himself. He died aged 85 in 1742, 16 years before his comet was due. For years, no one took up the challenge of a more accurate prediction. Until at the 11th hour, a trio of gifted French mathematicians stepped into the ring. In 1758, Messieurs Alexis Clairot and Joseph Delalande, along with Madame Nicole Lepeau, set about tackling the fiendishly difficult problem. Perhaps they didn't quite know what they'd signed up for. At first, they had assumed that they would only need to calculate the effects of the giant planets when the comet was actually close to them. But they soon realised that these planets couldn't be ignored at will. In the end, they had to calculate the comet's orbit by hand at 700 different points, taking them nearly six months of non-stop work. The timing was crucial, though. If the comet arrived before they were finished, the work would be wasted. People would say that they just measured the comet instead of truly predicting its path. In November 1758, they finally completed the mammoth task, announcing that the comet would be closest to the sun around the middle of April 1759. Despite having taken some shortcuts to save time, their estimate was pretty close. Just a month after their announcement, Halley's Comet was first spotted by a German farmer, and it reached perihelion, the point closest to the Sun, on the 13th of March. Although a whole month's error might seem like a lot in retrospect, their calculations couldn't possibly have foreseen the discoveries yet to come. In the next hundred years, two new giant planets, Uranus and Neptune, were found explaining many anomalies that had plagued the art of astronomical calculation. Our knowledge today has gone above and beyond the more accurate prediction of when to expect a comet, and whether or not it will bring the apocalypse with it. When Comet Halley last paid a visit to our corner of the solar system in 1986, for the first time humans paid a visit in return. Six missions from around the world went in for a closer look, one from Europe, one from the US, two from Japan, and two from Russia. We now know what comets are made of and where they come from. We have photographed them, and in 2014, we even landed on one. Nonetheless, 
I have still yet to see one in real life. Comet Halley will next pass our way in 2061, but if that seems like a long time to wait, then don't get too despondent. As comets swing round the sun, they leave a trail of rock and dust behind, and this cosmic glitter is what causes meteor showers. It just so happens that we pass through Comet Halley's trail of debris, not once, but twice every year. As we pass through the trail, little pieces of rock and dust left behind by the comet fall down to Earth as meteors. So you can look out for the Eta Aquarids in May and the Orionids in October, and you might just catch a glimpse of the shooting stars that Halley's Comet left behind. That brings this week's tale to a close. Don't forget to check out more episodes of Retro Space Time online at retrospacetime.wordpress.com or on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening. Till next time.